taught something on Wednesday that was very powerful. And people have asked that I teach it here on Sunday morning before I start teaching today's um, message. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for that? So I'm going to go through what I thought on Wednesday because some of you couldn't even watch online because of the internet. I'm going to do a brief um, run through the message on Wednesday and then I'll come to the Sunday message, today's message. Are you ready with that? Are you ready for that? She's so good to see you. All right, let's go to Genesis. Genesis, Genesis. Before we break, can you just, before we start preaching, can you, can you just pray in the spirit for the next 20 seconds? Then just pray. Everyone, just pray in the spirit. May the God give us understanding to your people. If you can't pray in the spirit, ask God to give you understanding. I'm sure you didn't just come here to waste time. You came to learn at the feet of Jesus. Genesis, um, Genesis chapter 14, verse 18 to 20. If you found it, say amen. amen. If you have not found it, say please wait for me. Okay, you are not here because if you can't find Genesis, come to Jesus. Let's pray. <laughs> Let's lead you to Christ. Genesis is literally the first book in the Bible. Not the oldest book in the Bible, but the first book. Genesis was written by Moses. Moses was born in Exodus chapter 2. So Genesis cannot be the oldest book in the Bible. But it's the beginning of books because it talks about genealogies and the beginning of life. You hear say Amen. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. Now, I, I, I want to quickly rush through what I thought on Wednesday, given in the New Testament, and then we're going to in Christ's reality, because they are one and the same. It's one message, because Jesus is the message of the Scriptures. So you can't preach any message that is contradicting any message, because they are all one and the same. When you preach Jesus, the message is simple. It's simple and powerful. So I'm, I'm teaching giving in the New Testament because there's been a lot of, I'm twisting a lot of fraud from the pulpit with the term giving. And let us deal with that this morning. Are you ready? Yeah. It says, Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest. Victory, not a priest. He was the priest of the Most High God. A priest means that they, were, they, they can be other priests. He is the priest. He's definite. He's single. Also, who is Melchizedek? I've said to you that the scriptures can only be substantiated by the epistles. The scriptures cannot stand alone. The scriptures testify. And the testimony of the scriptures are locked up in the epistles. So if you do not see the scriptures explained properly in the epistles, you may misunderstand what the scripture is saying. So in the blood of the litter, that was Jesus. The snake on the cross, that was Jesus. But it was in types and shadows and dumbration. Something between two pillars, that was Jesus. Because Jesus constantly is the message of the scriptures from Revelation, from Genesis to Revelation. So when you see something in Genesis, it must be substantiated in the epistles. If you are listening to me, say, I hear you. So let, if you want to understand who Melchizedek is, go to Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7. Let's see who Melchizedek is. 
Hebrews chapter 7. Media team, God bless you this morning. God use you. You will not use yourself this morning, media team. So, it says, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham. Abraham did not meet Melchizedek. It was Melchizedek who met Abraham. In the same way, we did not find God. It was God who found us. The message of the grace of God is consistent in the pages of the scriptures. Are you seeing this? Who met Abraham, returning from the slaughter of the kings, and blessed him. Watch this. He blessed him. Go to verse 2. To whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, before first being by interpretation. Watch this. And Melchizedek is called the king of righteousness. Who is the king of righteousness? Who is the king of righteousness? And the Bible says, and after that, also the king of Salem, which is the king of peace. Who is the king of peace? So who did Abraham meet in Genesis? If you, are, if you are catching up, you don't go, stay with me, I'm running this morning. So, give me verse 3, give me verse 3, let's go. Which without father, God has no father, he's the father of fathers. Without mother, nobody gave the birth to God. He's the one who began the beginning before the beginning began, and no one began in himself. The Bible says, without descendant. This word descendant in the original rendition is without genealogy. Having made that beginning of days, that means we cannot tell the day God began. No end of life. He is with the endless life. But made like the son of God. Are you seeing this? Watch this. How do I know that this is Jesus? Victory. He says, abided a priest continually. That means his priesthood is unending. Are you ready this morning? Who has that eternal priesthood? So who did Abraham meet in Genesis? Jesus. So when they told Jesus that you know not Abraham, Jesus said, Before Abraham, I am, not I was, not I live, I am. Because God is not the I am that I am. God is I am. It's not I am that I am, I am that. No, 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 no. He only told Moses, Tell Pharaoh, I am that I am has sent me. I am as powerful as the one who gave me the message. Take me back to Genesis. Let's teach this morning. Genesis. And Melchizedek, can we continue now? Now you know who Melchizedek is. King of Salem brought forth bread and wine. He's the bread of life and the wine, which is the Holy Ghost. Types and shadows. And decoding the codedness in Genesis from the epistles. Thank you. And he was the priest of the Most High God. Give me verse 19. And he blessed him. Melchizedek blessed Abraham and said, what was the blessing? Blessed be Abraham of the most high God, possessor of the heaven and earth. Give me verse 8. And blessed be the most high God, which had delivered thy enemy into thy hand. And Abraham responded by giving his tithe. Did you see that? So it is not because Abraham paid time that he received the blessing. It is a lie. Abraham was blessed and he responded by giving. So that does not activate the blessing. The blessing is what activates the giving. Say pay tithe and you will be blessed. It is not in the scripture. This is the first man who paid tithe. He was blessed first before 
he was given before he gave of his time. So let's deal with this. Can I teach you how to activate your five fingers? How to activate your five fingers? The first one is dedicated portion. Dedicated portion. People call it the tithe. But in scripture, I'm calling it dedicated portion. Somebody say dedicated portion. Are you with me? I say dedicated portion. People call it the tithe. But in the New Testament, there is no tithe. What we have in the New Testament is dedicated portion. Are you with me? In the New Testament, you won't find percentage. In the New Testament, you find dedicated portion. Ah, are you hearing me? In the New Testament, you will not find percentage. In the New Testament, rather you find dedicated portion. So I want to teach you how to give. Amen. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10 and 11. Let me destroy this scripture so that nobody will use it to scam you again. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and prove me now, prove me now, wow, where we said the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be enough room to receive it. Keep it here. This is an insult to the believer. I will not open the windows of heaven. It's an insult. Because the believer is not outside of heaven. The believer sits seated with Christ in heavenly places. So this scripture is not to the New Testament believer. Do you know in those days they had houses with small windows. And the windows were opportunities to give to people. So during the Christmas and this festive period, you have people who are hungry who will come by the window and you open from your window and you give to them. That is what this scripture is describing. This is an insult to the New Testament believer who is seated with Christ in heavenly places. You are not outside the window. You are in their house. If you go to Jack on the Lake, if it's on those guys who come round your window and they knock on your window, what do you do? You wind down the window and you give them out a blessing. That is not the believer. The believer is the one in the car, not the one outside of the car, collecting clubs because you are seated with Jesus in heavenly places. If this is your word, I hear you. I hear you. So give me verse 11. Let me destroy this thing before we move. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Kai, Jesus rebuked the devourer on the cross. Colossians 1 verse 15. He made a public show, an open spectacle of the devil on the cross. So it's not your time that rebuke the devourer. It is the blessing from the cross of Calvary that rebukes the devourer. Lift your hands in the name of Jesus. I decree and declare that the devourer has been rebuked forever for my sake. In the name of Jesus. this morning. So the first finger is your dedicated portion. The New Testament has no percentage. Percentage is mathematical and mechanical. So for businessmen like Smokey, you calculate your tithe. 221,015 naira and 20 combo. Because let me show you how tithe is mechanical. If it's above the 10%, it's not tithe. It's math. If it's less than 10%, it's not tithe. What kind of job is that? What kind of work is that? So in the New Testament, you have no percentage. It's give as you are led by the Spirit. And I will show you from the Bible. 
So you can decide. Mine is this portion. I'm giving 30% this month. Tomorrow, 20%. Next tomorrow, I, mean, I feel like giving 50%. No, today, let's just give what I have. There's a man, eh? okay, who gives $2 million at the beginning of the year to just tell God, this is my, this is the kind of turnover I want. I'm begging him to come and join our church. He understands some things that you couldn't understand. He's a believer. Because giving to the believer is not a trigger, it's a response. So you think when you give, you trigger the blessing. No, no. Your giving doesn't trigger the blessing. It's you responding to the blessing that you are already blessed in Christ. Because grace and faith are two inseparable twins. Ephesians 2 verse 8. By grace are you saved through faith. So you are not saved by grace alone. You are saved by grace through faith. So now, grace makes all things available. Faith makes all things obtainable. So what grace makes is what faith takes. Your giving is an expression of faith to take all grace has already provided. So your giving does not create the blessing. Your giving is faith expression to get the blessing in manifestation that you already have. So God is not healing anybody. Again. Because he healed everybody on the cross of Calvary. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. It's Isaiah that says, You are healed, looking at the cross. Peter, looking at the finished work, says, You were healed. So if you get healed in this service, God did not heal you now. You just received faith to take the grace. So giving is not a trigger, it's a response. So Abraham responded by giving because he met the blesser. Give me Acts chapter 4. Let's see how they give in the New Testament. God is more interested in you taking from him than you giving to him. I'll say that again. God is more interested in you taking from him than you give it because you have nothing to give to God. Yeah. That's why we don't preach here. Come and give your life to Christ. You have no life to give to God. Come and accept Jesus into your life because in him was life and the life was the right of men. John chapter 1 verse 4. John 10 10. The thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. So who gives life? It is Jesus who gives you life. Don't bring that dead corpse of yours moving body to God and say, I'm giving my life to Jesus. You think so highly of yourself. You have no life without Jesus. It is Jesus that gives you life. He's always the giver. You're always the receiver. You understand it? You understand it? That's why we don't sing here. I will enter his gates with hands, with hands giving. I will enter his court with praise. How did you leave Uber? Or taxify? Because the presence of God is not a location. It's a person. His name is Jesus. Yes. In the Old Testament, he inhabits the praises of his people. In the New Testament, he inhabits the praises who understand his presence. Yes. Who carry his presence. I went there. Then you leave. Come again. You enter. You leave. Taxify is working. So your tithes and offering is not a gate pass to the concert of God's blessing. Your tithes and offering is not a gate pass to the concert of God's blessing. Pastors won't like me for this. You go to a meeting. God said, if you bring $1,000, 
something will happen. People will not be giving, giving. I don't want to leave everybody. If I bring you to seven hundred dollars, God has said seven hundred dollars now. Oh no, no. Everybody, you must join five hundred dollars. Then I keep now look at me and say, "Me go now, we pay." We miss you, not come out. Oh yeah. Oh no, no, no. And God doesn't want to pass anybody by. Bring three hundred dollars. Oh, and he goes, "It's for all of me." Yeah, I'm eating and go, go my. No, bring that to hundred dollars. Don't miss it. So what happened? The gate fee reduced from VIP to VIP and to economy. So let's see how they gave in the first church. We need money to buy land and buy a lot of things in church. But I will scheme you to get it from you. No, it's not me. And many things you pretend are not. And the multitude of them that believed believers were of one heart and of one soul, neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed was his own. But they had, keep the scripture, they had all things in common. So in the New Testament church, in the first church, I guess that was our cap from the church. Check, check sound, check sound, check sound. Good, I'm back. I guess car was our car. Addict's car was our car. Chisholm's accident was our accident. Why? We had all things in common. That means I could go around the house and then around the blow. Oh, bro, I get Indomin, I get it. That was how the church was. Nobody was broke. Because everybody helped everybody. It was a community. Not this thing we have nowadays, the elite crew, the rich men crew, the businessmen crew, the higher mighty crew, and the masses. That's why we try to respond to our members as much as we can because this is our template of church. Give me verse 36. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Great grace is upon you in the name of Jesus. Okay, the Lord is here. Job, I guess. Great grace. Great, great over there. Great grace is released in the name of Jesus. If you believe, shout amen. Give me verse 34. Neither was any of among them, sorry, neither was there any among them that lacked scripture. For as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold. Give me 35, God punished the devil. And laid them down at the apostles' feet and distribution was made unto every man according to their need. Is this right? This is you leaving church, church to give a land. I'm sending my land to give to church. Is that tight? The New Testament has no percentage. Second Corinthians 9, verse 7 and 8. King James, message, TPT. Are you learning something? Every man, this major percentage, it says every man according as he has proposed in his heart. I give. Not, so let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver. Give me verse 8. When you understand that, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you. So once you begin to give like that, grace is released well, because if God knows he can get it through you, he will get it to you. Give him the message translation. The devil is a bastard. 
Remember, a stingy planter gets a stingy crop. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. I want each of you adding. Listen. Okay. And the dogs listen. Jesus, listen. I need your mind. That kind of listen. He says, I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over and make up your own mind what you will give that will protect you against soap stories, stories that touch, and arm twisting. <laughs> no message is very petty. Very petty translation. Soap story and arm twisting. So if you don't want to give, in spite of all what God has done for you, look at you. People died in Corona. They did not die. Answers, people die. You are here. You are changing your slippers. You call me that guy in the 20s, they change MS. Like my brother in law, you say, You are changing your slippers, but you are not giving to the Lord. I'm twisting. God loves it when the giver delights in the giving, period. Give me the, the passion translation. Let's do some. Let's do some things. Is this passion? Yes, it's passion. Passion says, let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Are you saying it? Let, the, let it spring up freely from the joy of giving, all because God loves hilarious generosity. Telling you tight? Did you see tight? He says God loves hilarious generosity. If they were so angry, he doesn't want to fight you up. My voice is loud. God loves hilarious. This is not my voice. Not my voice. Sounded like God loves hilarious generosity. Are you seeing it? So when you are giving your portion, your worthy portion, please, I want you to know it doesn't have to be 10%. As you are laying, give. That's the first finger, the thumb finger, a worthy portion. Stop doing your mathematics. Say, Lord, I don't give you. If you pass the 10%, take the other one as offering. If you have, who you deserve it? The Bible says, in the days of his power, the people shall be willing. When you teach Jesus, money loses value. In the days of his power, what is the power? Romans says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power. So the gospel does not have power. The gospel is the power. So when you teach the gospel, the people are willing to give. You don't arm twist them to give. So we've, we've, we've established that. This is my voice. We've established that. So the first one is what? Worthy portion, dedicated giving. And that one is as you are led by the Spirit of God. There are members here who I know they don't give 10%. They are committed to giving an amount of money at the end of every month. This is what they do. The next finger is the offering. So the first finger is the tongue finger, your dedicated portion to the Lord. Second one is the offering. Let's see um, offering in Scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, 1 to 4. Let's run. Let's run. Now, concerning the collection, watch this, watch this, watch this, 
Watch this, Bible, Bible. Concerning the collection of the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do we. So it's a tradition in the church. Give me verse 2. Upon the first day of the week. What is the first day of the week? Yes. Let every one of you lay by him in store. As God has prospered him. No percentage in your giving. As God has prospered him. First day of the week. Give. That's offering. So first one is dedicated portion. Stay with me. Stay with me. I'm hoping you get this. I'm not going to you be calling me to ask me, hey, uh, what about giving? I'm teaching giving in the New Testament before I go into my series. That you have proper understanding. That nobody can even deceive you. So, you have your dedicated portion. You have the offering, right? Have you seen it? The third one is Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2. Let's go. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Give to your parents. So, the first finger is the tongue finger. Second one is offering this longest finger. is giving to your parents. Give to your parents. Even if it's 2,000 naira, the church can send it to them. You have iPhone 12. Your mother is struggling with the degree 10. She can't even do herself. Something is wrong with you. Give to your parents. So you present ahead, you brought, you brought home this driver back. It activates long life. It's there. Young man, Christmas is coming as you are buying gifts for your girlfriend. Please remember your mother because my son, God bless you, is better than oh, oh, baby, oh, 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 baby, oh, oh, baby, it's not a prayer, it's not a blessing. Give to your mother. Paying one money to do what? She's in my house. I'm taking care of her. She gets paid. God bless you for doing nothing. Yes. I'm honoring her because giving to your parents, the blood of Jesus did not cancel it. It moves from the scriptures to the epistles. Did he cancel it? Tell her, tell her, my mother, my precious. She's calling you now. You're not taking her call. <laughs> my mother, my precious mother. No, 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 no. Christmas is coming up. You will send that money to that girl and send 5k to your mother. Jesus, we bless you. Jesus, we bless you. I know some people's mother, Zoe, with witchcraft. 
I'm not saying get into a relationship with your parents. Send them money. I'm honoring you. I don't agree with what you are doing, but I've sent you something. The man who I call father, after my father died, every first day of the month, he account be shake. Boom. We may not agree on many things, but at the honor principle, constant. Why? He's in the provision of my constitution, which is the word of God. Honor your parents. Send them something. Some, some of your parents are so rich, there's nothing to pay for DSTV. Do something that is small. Just let them know that you're handling this one in the house. If you are married out, but you keep going there to collect food, you go, 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 you can't come, yeah, go, you can't come, ah, mommy, is it too much? You don't need to get credit, yeah? See, they're waiting at this age. They can't count on you because you are not dependable. They can't say come and they know that you will show up for them. Some of you, your parents know that if they're in trouble, they call their number, they will really die. They call your number, they will really die, die. they will die well. I know your parents. I'm preaching, say I'm preaching. Next one, honor your pastors. First Corinthians, First Timothy 5, 17 and 18. I'm teaching you how to activate your, your four thing, your five fingers. One is what? Your dedicated portion. Two, your offering. Three, give it to your parents. Four, honor your pastors. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. See, see here. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor. Especially they which labor in the word and doctrine. It is not a sign of holiness that your pastor has hold in his shoe. See, he's so holy, he's so humble. See his shoes, holds, his shirt, holds. He's just humble. It, it is a sign that his members are not responsible. They don't understand scripture. You understand that? And I'm so glad God has blessed me beyond logic church. That's the cars I've received or the major well, not for members. They're just maybe run away members, just greet members who show up once in two years. We don't even show up at all. But this is a it's in the doctrine. There's a family in this church, eh? Every month, I don't know whether they agree it is 5k, 20k, 50k from them. So I'm wondering who taught them this thing that they have not taught the church. They have understanding. There's a young guy here, if he changes his phone, he will change my phone. Why? I knew him when he was driving, he was on Okada, we jump patrols are like this. He's like we jump where we're like this. We were praying and we prayed through it. It is a sense of honor because your sense of value determines the flow of virtue. Yes. yes. So I've been in the airport and somebody will come, hey, my guy, we'll be talking. Another lady came and said, people, amen. Even older than me, I'm going for a project. I just thought you should pray with me. And I prayed with the guy. Guess what? You're my guy. The guy said, ah, you prayed for her, you didn't pray for me. I said, you came to me as your guy now. You come to me. As a pastor, because water doesn't flow like this, it flows like this. So if you like see your pastor carry your armpits with boil, big boil, you are, you are depriving yourself. He says, Let them let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor. Yes, let me run with this. Let's just do Philippians 4 15 to 19. Let me rush. Let me rush. I did it well in the first seven. I don't have time. Philippians 4, 15 to 19. How many of you know that scripture? My God shall supply all my needs 
according to his riches and glory. Let's, let's examine the scripture. Whether you are qualified to use it. Let's find out. Now, ye Philippians, know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. No church ministered to me. No church gave to me, Apostle Paul is speaking. Give me the next verse, verse 16. For even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again unto my necessity. So Adam is saying, I was in Thessalonia. It was Philippians' church that was taking care of me in Thessalonia. Are you seeing scriptures? Do you understand it? Give me verse, verse 17. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Give me verse 18. But I have all and abound and am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell looks like a tea talks John fries or something. They give something to Paul. Paul said the odor is a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable when pleasing to God because of this thing that you have done to me. Give me verse 19. But my God shall supply all your needs. Is a prayer that the pastor prays for you when you release him. Just black and white. So if you have a church that you're not taking care of your pastor, don't be, don't, don't go here. No, I'm giving you contextually, don't come here. No, don't do this. But because you take care of your pastor, I can say to you, my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. All your needs are met. The blessings of God that make it rich and added no sorrow. It is released upon your life. If this is your word, say amen. So first, dedicated portion two, your offering. So dedicated portion is the strong finger. Your offering is the pointing. Talks about your love. Your the longest finger is given to your parents, pastor, married to the church, commitment to the church, giving to your pastor. The last one is giving to humanity. Reach out, help the needy. Reach out as the last finger. That's how you activate your five fingers. If you have what we've given in the first eight months, can you pop it up for me? But this is how to activate your first, your five fingers. And I'm going to lay a foundation on in Christ's realities. But I got this on Wednesday, and I've been told to refresh it on the maid on the main house because when you already move on YouTube, you watch it. That's the truth, and you truthfully, and you will not know what it is. So I needed to do it again here, and then give me what we do. You have it? Do you have it? Please, you want. Put it up there. Put it up there. Then we can go into what we want to deal with today, which is in Christ's realities. When you blessed with that, let me show you what we've got. Good. In eight months, and wait, let's try and update this thing. This is the first eight months. Financially aided 46 families dedicated hours to CSR. Cash gift over 1.3 million. Over 10,000 10, meals provided for this church. Supported two orphanages. Relief package for 600, 368 people. Partnered with the Food Project Lagos. In the first eight months, that's what we've done. <laughs> Why do I say this? When you give to the Logic Church, you are not just giving to the church, you are giving through the church to society. 
We're giving through. That's what we've done in the first eight months. It is still needs to be updated. You're giving through the church to society. That's what we're doing. Do you understand that? So you know how to activate your five fingers. The dedicated portion. Your offering. Giving to your parents. Giving to honoring your pastor. Sometimes it's not money. Honor is beyond money. But you can't remove money from honor. It's beyond money. It's your time. It's education. It's just something. It may be little. It may not. It doesn't have to be money. It doesn't have to be always money. What's honor? Spirit, I've, I've taught you that. So let's delve into in Christ's realities. I will give you two points and then we'll close. Are you blessed already today? Yes. Are you blessed already today? Yes. So don't let anybody now say you have to. There's a, there's a particular, you know, they call it um, um, ah, Dr. Cherish. What's that seed? They call it dangerous seed. Yes. Yes, give a dangerous seed to the Lord. A seed, a dangerous seed to do what? Giving is not MMM. Yes, I've said what's correct between pastor and member. Because he gave his car during the convention. And the pastor said, God will give him a contract in three months. Three months, the contract did not come. The evil brother came and said, Now, let's buy car. It did not work. I've said what's correct. Why? Because he thought giving, giving is not a trigger, it's a response. You are blessed. That's why you give. And then you keep the circle going. Because God loves hilarious generosity. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Let's do this and close. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we read this together? One, two, three, go. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Hey, hey, did you see that? Let's read it again. One, two, three, go. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. First point, the new creation man is not a renovation. It's not an upgraded version. It's not a refurbishment. He's a new man, a new species in Christ. Yeah, 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 sir. So salvation is not renovation process. Salvation is that you are a new man in Christ. And the most important thing for the believer is to find out what are the benefits in Christ. Because the believer can be described as an adopted child from the back end of Mushin and goes to maybe um, Alakija's house in Ikoi and they say all the things in this house are yours. He will need to learn how to operate the AC because he has never used an AC. He will need to learn how to operate the DSTV because he has never used the DSTV. He will need to learn how to operate certain things in the same way when you come to Jesus. The, the job of the believer is to find out the things that Christ has done for you. Who you are in Christ and who Christ is to you. Philemon 1 verse 6. Philemon 1 verse 6. That the communication communion, of your faith will become effective by the epignosis, acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. So when we come to church, what we are digging out is the benefits that we have in Christ Jesus. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? So church is not information for change. It's revelation for transformation. That you're transformed. Change is not transformation. They're used interchangeably, but they're not the same. Change is I change my position. Transformation is the caterpillar has moved to being a butterfly. It can no longer go back to being caterpillar. That's transformation. So when you see Jesus, you are transformed. And once you are transformed into his image, you don't have what it takes to go back into where you're coming from. 
Look at your neighbor and say, I'm transforming. Transforming. That means I'm moving whilst I'm changing. I'm changing whilst I'm moving. Every day, I'm not a flourish. You used to know last year. I know you know me about my addiction. You know me about my problem. But as I began to work with God, I'm being transformed into the image. And it's ageless. It's timeless. It's limitless. It's boundless. With the power of an endlessness of my transformation has no end. So the first thing you must know in, in Christ's reality is there is no condemnation. Look at your neighbor say, I am not condemned. Ah, uh, you said it's very weak. Say it one more time. I am not condemned. I am not condemned. Oh, come on. You said it very weak. Look at one more neighbor say, I am not condemned. I am not condemned. Yeah, yeah. Because people move without that color of condemnation. In Christ, there is no condemnation. One more time, shout, I am not condemned. I am not condemned. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Let's dig it. Let's go in. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Let's see scriptures. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. This is not the condition. This is an explanation of this state. That if you are in Christ Jesus, you walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So there is therefore now no condemnation. Tell your neighbor, no condemnation. Tell your neighbor, I'm not condemned. Ah, tell your neighbor, try not to condemn me because I'm not condemned. Oh, one more time, say, don't condemn me. Say, don't, come on, one more time, say, don't condemn me. I know you knew what I did last night, but don't condemn me. I know you saw me last year, 30 December, but don't condemn me. I know you know you have the pictures, you have the video, you know the Twitter, you were there, you saw me at the corner of the club. I don't know what you were doing in the club, by the way. Uh, yeah, 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 just keep this show, you get hold on your head. I know you saw me praying at his house and on Sunday morning was and I went to church. I know you know my doings, but guess what? I am not condemned because if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. And the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to tell people in Christ Jesus. I know you know that you know that you are not condemned. I know you know the rule that I am not condemned. You can judge me to your father for all the kids that I am not condemned. You can judge me to your pastor for all the kids that I am not condemned. I know you know my mess, but God sees behind my mess. God knows how to make a mess out of a mess. God knows how to bring power out of your pain. God knows how to bring glory out of your story. God knows how to bring miracle out of your situation. If this is your moment, look at your name. Stand up on your heart, Father. Show the face out of the watching church and tell them, I am not condemned. I'm not condemned. Message translation of Romans chapter 8. Message with the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah, that faithful dilemma is resolved. Those who enter into Christ being here for us no longer have to live under the continuous low lying black, black cloud. Every black cloud of regret will drive it away. In the name of Jesus, I decree you are not condemned. Ah, come on, I know you had the abortion, but you're not condemned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you left your marriage, but you're not condemned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you fought the battle, but you're not condemned. I know you stole the money, but you're not condemned. Because in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. The Bible says, 
we are justified. Do you know the meaning of justification? Just as if it never happened. So when I stand before God, you see no virgin. When you stand before God, there is no mistake. When you stand before God, there is no abortion. When you stand before God, you didn't do that do. When you stand before God, you didn't smoke that stuff. When you stand before God, you didn't go to that place. When you stand before God, you didn't do the cheating. Because in God, there is nothing. Give me unity in the partial translation. Passion says now. So now the case is closed. That means you can bring anything to God. Yes, we're Pastor Flourish did. Yes, what Tucker did. Yes, what Abby did. Yes, what Tara did. Yes, what Alex did. The test is closed. All my sins have been forgiven. Past, present, and future. There is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. I don't know who will preach it to this morning. But God wants me out of my bed this morning just to preach this show right to you. I don't know why you're sitting or standing this morning. God wants me to try it down in the city of your soul. Therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation. You get your name wrong. Keep your head on. Or run away and tell them for me. No condemnation. No condemnation. No condemnation. The case is closed. There remain no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in the life union with Jesus, the anointed one. Anoint, no condemnation. No con look at your neighbor, say no condemnation. No condemnation. Uh, come on one time, say no condemnation. John chapter 5, verse 24. John 5, 24. Let's do this. Verily, verily, I say to you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Can you give me the passion translation? Let's do this and close. God punish the devil. I speak to you an eternal truth. This is not a transitional truth. This is what Peter called this present truth. Jesus said, I speak to you an eternal truth. If you embrace my message and believe in the word, who sent me, you will never face condemnation. For in me, you have already passed from realm of death into the realm of eternal life. Tell the neighbor, there's no condemnation. Yes, yes, you can condemn me, but you're just wasting your time. And you know, my grandmother used to say something in my language. It means, thank God said they're not going to report man to God. It's very powerful. It means that there's nothing you're about to tell God about me that he doesn't already know. And go around, tell your neighbor, your cousin, your friend something about me. But how can you report me to God that he has already justified? And there is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. No condemnation. No condemnation. That's my second point, and I'll close from here. In Christ, we don't grow into sonship. We are born into sonship. This is powerful. This is powerful. In Christ, we don't grow into sonship. We are born into sonship. Did you hear what I said? We don't grow into sonship. 
We are born. And please, feminists, calm down. When you hear sonship in scripture, it's not a matter of gender, it's a matter of inheritance. Please calm down, because I see your face doing average. When you hear sonship in scripture, it's not a gender matter, it's a matter of inheritance. That means you are partakers of the inheritance of God. You are joint heirs with God. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're joint heirs with God. Galatians chapter 4. Let's do some teaching this morning. Galatians chapter 4. For your own interest, come to services on time. Amen. Because people are forcing me into a third service. I see it already. But the way I preach, if I do three services consistently, I want to be there for Sozo. She's getting married old. I want to be able to see Corinne and Harry and teach them before they get married. I want to live long. That's what I'm trying to say to you. So come to service on time. But we're looking at a bigger hall. So just give us out of this place. Amen. So sit out of this place. And it's amazing because it was fresh once your secret. I said, I'm giving palliative. This is a warehouse of God. I'm giving spiritual in dominion. In dominion. That's all we're Once you have the warehouse open, there will be crowd. So there's no 20 days of fast. No, none of those things that people do. That I just relax and be taken care of. That's what I tell you to do, and I do it too. I labor with this grace that labors in me. So please come on time. If you can carefully bring some people forward, if you attended the first service, you can just stylishly leave for somebody who's coming for second service. So that's the problem. When they come to the first service, it's so good, they can't leave. They just hang around with some of them. Take the windows for some of you who are givers. We usually come late for second service. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Galatians chapter 4. It says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, different nothing from a servant. Though this is a confusing scripture to a lot of people. Because it means that even if I'm born again, if I've not grown spiritually, I'll be treated as a servant. Give me verse 2. But it's under tutors and governors until the time appointed for the. I'm not that confusing scriptures. Verse 1 and 2. The heir, even if he's an heir, because he's a child, cannot come into dominion, is under tutors. See? So it confuses the believer. Like I need to be spiritually mature to come into what God has for me. That's not true. You already have what God has for you in Christ Jesus. That's why in Christ we don't grow into sonship, we are born into sonship. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. What was given to us was the son, not the child. The child was born in the manger, the son was given on the cross. John 3 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So the one that they gave to us is not the child, is the son. That's why in Christ you are not born, you don't grow into sonship, you are born into sonship. Let's understand. Even so, we, when we were, we were. So it's no longer who we are. When we were children, we're in bondage under the element of this world. So verse 1 and verse 2 refers to the believer when he was not saved. That even if Jesus died for him, 
because he has not come into salvation, he cannot receive what Jesus died for him. Give me verse 4. Then the Bible talk. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, verse 5. God punished the devil. To redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of in Christ, you are born into sonship. You don't grow into sonship. Give me verse 6. And because you are, come on, talk to me. And because you are, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart, crying, Abba. Give me verse 7. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir. Of God through Christ. Let me explain air of God so that we can close. Obadiah, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. The Old Testament was written for us, not to us. The epistles was written to us. So you need the information of the Old Testament, but you rely on the revelation of the epistles. You get it? You get it to It's fine. So Obadiah 1 verse 17 says, Upon Mount Zion, see, upon Mount Zion, there shall be no, no deliverance, and there shall be holiness, and the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. This is Old Testament. Because we are not looking for deliverance anymore. Colossians says he has delivered us out of the kingdom of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear soul. So cancel that one. This is not talking to me. And there shall be holiness. The Bible says Christ was made righteousness, holiness, sanctification to me. So what God required from me, Jesus became for me. What God required from me, Jesus became for me. So guess what? I'm not looking towards deliverance. I have been delivered. I'm not looking towards holiness. I have been holy. I'm already holy. The house of Jacob shall possess their possession. I don't have a possession to possess. I possess his possession. Because when he brought me into the estate and I'm not his son, I am a partaker of his inheritance. Colossians chapter 1 verse 12. I believe that is the scripture. And then we can close. Colossians 1 verse 12. King James and Timothy. Let's end it there this evening. Giving thanks unto the Father, which had made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Who is light? Jesus is the light. So don't be the Obadiah chapter 1 verse 17. It's not talking to you. We are already delivered. We are already holy. And we are partakers of the portion of the Lord. The prodigal son said, give me the portion that belongs to me. It was not his portion. It was his father's portion. But he got his father's portion. In the same way in Christ, we don't get our portion. We don't get what we deserve. We get what he has reserved. So in Christ, you are not, you don't grow into sonship. You are born into sonship. And the benefit of being born into sonship is that you have his inheritance and you are a possessor of his portion. What was the blessing that Christ, in shadow of time, in Melchizedek, gave to Abraham? He said, blessed be Abraham, possessor of the God's portion and earth's portion. I prophesy to you this Sunday morning. You got it. I prophesy to you this Sunday morning. God is going to give you his portion. I'm saying they will give you the best road, they will give you the best part, you will get the best.
Thank <laughs> you. 